Manor. Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. It's episode 10 of the 23-24 season and it is the festive edition. Here we are, it's the classic four. We've got James, me, hi. We've got Connor. Hello, Connor. Hello, James. You're, Hello, you okay? All. Yes, very well, thank you. How are you? Good, you feeling festive? Good. I am actually, yeah. I'm, you don't I'm, look I'm it. Kind of, I know, know, perhaps I don't look it, but thankfully the listeners can't see me, Um, only you can. But usually I'm a little bit of a humbug, but not this year, something's come over me this year. Good, that's why you're wearing a beige top, to (laughs) scream Christmas. I know, I've been in work meetings today, that's why. Okay, good, I don't want to, yeah. John, you're right, you've got a Christmas hat on, like me. Yeah, strong Christmas hat, pod game. Wrapped some presents pre-pod recording. I'm Christmasing in like the zone. Hell, any Oxford merch en route? Do you think, John, in your stocking? I, I, I've got a strong feeling there is. I don't think it's a way kit, but I think there'll be some form of merch. Oh, I've, I've been eyeing up the retro, the old Unipart red and black one, similar to the. I, I mean, that's that's what you'd really want. Like, I mean, without regurgitating the yeah. logo debate, that's the. That's I want to know. I want to know how furry the uni part bit is, though. That's the the question I've got. Is it like embedded? The old, the classic uni part was like a furry. Mm. I want you to email someone so with like furry inquiry, and you'll get some. Uh, mm. <laughs> or Google it. Actually, you'll get some funny results if you do that. <laughs> uh, Jack. Ho 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 ho. Any such en- such energy? <laughs> yeah, you. Um... I am so Christmassy, mate. <laughs> I mean, I don't see any sense of Christmas around you. I see a uh, Simon Eastwood match worn. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eastwood. Uh, the the kings came from the east, did they? No. Oh, no, that's on, very. James. You're already getting into the spirit of what's going to be a fantastic Connor. By the way, just for the listeners, Connor is just showing us presents <laughs> that are wrapped up. And it's very distracting. And now I'm telling the listeners about it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that, it's very relevant, Jack, because we're going we're gonna to be doing a Christmas quiz to wrap up today. And what you've kind of just done there is very, very relevant to what we'll be doing later. So yeah. keep that in mind. Um, so what game we last potted just after Bolton we've had a few cup games we've had Peterborough Reading and Burton which we'll step through we'll we'll look ahead to who we got Northampton and Cambridge uh, two very winnable games but you shouldn't say that should you because you just jinx it just about to jump on it anyway all right we'll do that later um yeah cool news Actually, news, top news. Jack, you've been hanging out with Chris Wilder in, in bars. Do you want to tell the <laughs> listeners about that? Uh, less hanging out, more taking photos of him when he wasn't looking and then trying to talk to him. <laughs> did he but, catch uh, you Did he catch you doing it? No. It was very luckily. much a back shot, wasn't he, it? He, yeah, he, he refused a selfie, probably due to the amount of alcohol he'd been drinking. Mm. Um, or could have been drinking. He, he seemed very jolly. Did you tell? But, um, did you tell him you did the part uh, podcast about Oxford? No. Okay, I'm not sure. I don't I think he'd have that. cared. Yeah, he'd be like, "Oh, right, what's that?" But he was very complimentary about Des booking him, so he thinks we've got a good one, basically, which is not always nice to hear. So, nice. Uh, yeah, 
Oh, Merry Christmas cool. to Chris. I'm sure you'll be listening after I didn't tell you about the podcast. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, Chris Wilder. <laughs> He's done all right since going back to the Blades. Um, other news? Other news is more, Jack. Jack, you're just doing loads of podcasts everywhere. So just uh, but even before this one, you've prioritised who? Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely prioritise. Uh, Derby and Northampton and then Cambridge tomorrow. Basically, I'm just full of festive pod Previews. fun previews mm. yeah do you do you say nice things about oxford did you say we're going to win both games uh i said we'd win at northampton good and draw with derby yeah. strong okay mm. i'll probably take that i'll be okay um joe bennett signed john out of nowhere um but very much needed and is very much fitted into place pretty quickly yeah he's you can see I mean, he's only just getting fit in the last couple of games. That's kind of fair enough. But you could sort of say straight away see the the quality and the, the way he's come from higher up. And I mean, at, at Peterborough, he sort of when he came on, he just had a sort of instant awareness to sort of ball rolled across him, and he just pinged it up over for Murphy to run onto. And he just seemed to be a very sort of instant sort of getting up to the speed of the game side to him as well. And he's looked decent in the more last two games that he's been involved with. So. I think it's a pretty astute signing. Uh, yeah. If we can hang on to him for the rest of the season, great. Um, but no, it looks really good. Good good bit of action. Jack, do you think we'll keep on to him? This is a guy that's played, what, like 100, 250-odd games at Championship or higher level? He's a bit Villa, wasn't he? Playing in the Premier League at one point. Yeah, I think we probably do keep him now that Kieran Brown... Uh, seems to have become the first choice alongside Moore. Obviously, Negri is still injured, so even when Lee comes back, you want the other left-sided option. And if Brown's going to be a centre-back, then I think you keep Bennett around. He certainly gives gives some quality in that position and a different option to Lee for some of those games that we'll come up against. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be keeping him. Yeah, and Connor, there's been lots of chat about his at Cardiff he played a bit with Murphy and is there a relationship there that you can tap into? Do you subscribe to that or do you? Yeah, 100% I subscribe to that. A lot of football is about relationships that you build with the players in and around you. And that's one of the reasons why managers are often so keen to stick with a particular eleven because they build those relationships in training and they want to put it on the, you know, on the pitch on the day. So yeah, certainly I think if, if um, Bennett's got that pre-existing relationship with Murphy, then, you know, we definitely should try to, um, you know, getting the best out of both of them. And I think, again, I echo everyone else's statements about Bennett. I think it's a great signing. Um, and I imagine he probably will stay on beyond January. I'd be very yeah. surprised if he didn't. Yeah, it's just, it's a bit odd, isn't it, that um, he just didn't have a club. That's what I can't quite work mm. out. He seemed to be keeping himself fit and everything else, but maybe it just didn't work out for him in the summer. And then, who knows? Um, yeah, the only, the only danger is that he does well till January. The team in the Championship needs left back or recover, offers him a better deal. He looks and goes, Greg Lee's permanent. Do I play? That's sadly the, the other side mm. of the coin. But cross that bridge. He is 33. He's going to turn 34 in March. So, you know, we'll see. I suppose it depends what carrot we can dangle at him, doesn't it? Mm. Between now and the he end looks, of the season. He looks fit though, doesn't he? Oh, in terms of his performances so far. You know, he, he doesn't look like he's been struggling out there. I know 34 is not the end of days. No, it's but, really um, not. You know, it's really yeah. young. <laughs> it's very young. Um, yeah, so like I say, I think all credit to him. Hopefully, he does well for whatever whatever games he does play in the yellow shirt. 
Jack, is it looking like Lee, Lee and Long are both on the verge of coming back? No idea. I refuse to talk about injuries after last time. <laughs> I tried to talk about them and you all shunned me. It only works when you bring it into other more exciting chat. When uh, we just yeah, launch uh, straight into a pod by going, and now, injury news. <laughs> it's just, it just didn't work. Um, <clears throat> I think, yeah, they've said they're back due back in the next couple of weeks and everyone else is a little bit longer. Yeah, okay. Well, we can save... Um, we haven't really talked much about what we need in January and what we expect, and you've got Brown and Edwards and other stuff going on, but we'll, I guess we'll get into that. Um, what else has happened? Yeah, we still haven't filled the um, the data. It's like the analyst role, isn't it, that Mr. Buckingham said was a key priority for us, and then also an assistant. And it sounded like the former was closer based on, I think that was from the dub where Jerome was talking about that. But... Um, can't quite work out. Connor, can you stop updating notes whilst I'm reading the very notes? <laughs> Not to ruin the illusion for the listeners. <laughs> what illusion? This is all off the cuff. What I'm just going to read it. James Beadle passes his driving test with the same driving instructor. <laughs> and I'll just stop there. What did you expect? You're putting notes in there. I'm like yeah. a tele... Have you seen Anchorman? I just tele- read from the telecom. I, don't even, I, don't, the I have no knowledge of Oxford United, really. I just read what's yeah. there. You're um, exposed. You're exposing yourself here, James. I feel like you need to give that a bit more energy as opposed to the sort of newsreader. Like, James Beadle has passed the yeah. driving test. James Beadle. Uh, the other news, obviously, Josh Murphy um, went as his brother Jacob to the Christmas party. And he, had a, he was wearing a sling as well, which I thought was fabulous. That may have ruined one of the questions on the Christmas quiz, but... We'll see I, had a, I had a great joke about um, James Beadle being good at three-point turns lined up, and you just blazed past the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Any comment on that, Connor? The... No? What's that? Just on the Beadle driving malarkey. No? No, not really. Right. <laughs> okay. Less said, less said the better about it, really. Um, FA, FA Cup game against Grimsby was... Um, Pretty convincing. They came with their haddock mascots and whatever they bring <laughs> with them. Um, relatively comfortable. They didn't, even, they didn't even have any with them. Didn't they? No. Everyone kept talking about the fact I that know. I was listening this, to it. This is. I was there. I was gobsmacked. There was... You were cod-smacked. You were cod-smacked. cod-smacked. I was cod-smacked. Yeah. I was so excited to see all these... these on the inflatable fish, and it was like I couldn't see anything. Yeah. Gobsmacked oh by a cod. Odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I couldn't see it from my padded seat that I was sat in for that game. Ooh. Oh, I know. I felt so special. Moving yeah. on. Um, yeah. <laughs> then we played Forest Green. Goodrum scored a pretty good goal, and we're through to the next round of the Bristol Car Pizza Cup. Who are we play? We're going to win it. Who have we got? We're going to win it this year. So Who are we playing in the pizza? Wimbledon. 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 Yeah, they smashed Pompey yesterday, didn't they? 5 2. Okay. Or did Pompey let them win because they didn't care? Perhaps. Don't be ridiculous. They're falling apart, John. Yeah. And collapsing. Yeah. This is the first sign of the crack in the armor. Exactly. Like it. Top analysis. Um, who have we got? Have we got Coventry away, haven't we? Which was a little bit of a medal, but we did have Arsenal at home last year. And it, we've got a chance in that game, haven't we? Yeah, got a chance. I think we have, definitely. Yeah, they're only what is it? 
about seven or eight places in the pyramid ahead of us at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, I think I, I think it'll be a decent away day. It's not very far. It's not a decent stadium. Yeah, it's all right. That's right. They've lost could be um, better, but could be worse. Hammer or Hamer to Sheffield United. He's such a player. That guy. Um, I don't know who their big hitters are these days, but I guess we'll... They held maybe. held Leeds on the weekend as well, so... Uh, it's one all, wasn't it? Well, they, so, something yeah. there. well, they lost Jokerez as well, didn't they, to Sporting Lisbon, so... Whenever I think of Coventry, I always think of Gary McSheffrey. I don't know why. Mm. Must have been there a while. A Peter I always see Mark Robbins as, a man, as our manager, like, a couple of managers back, thinking he'd be a good manager, and then he did a lot better with Coventry, and I was like, okay, well, we're not getting him anymore. Yeah. My um, first football game, Premier League game, as a kid, before going to Chelsea, was uh, Coventry versus Sheffield Wednesday at High. Was it Highfield Road? Is that what it was called before? Yeah, they it moved was. to that one. And it was nil, was nil nil, and it was absolutely shite the whole way through. And I was like, I never want to go to a Premier League game again. Take me back to the Manor. Mine also included Coventry. It was Leicester versus Coventry at Filbert Street, and Akinbayi mm. scored to break. And if I'm remembering correctly, score to break that infamous run where he couldn't hit a barn door for weeks and weeks oh, on nice. end. I think he scored. Steve Claridge is who I think of with Leicester. Let's just do this. Or Mid-90s yeah. nostalgia. Totally um, excluding me from that then. Yeah, I was, sorry. Wasn't even born. Jack's just about clinging on to maybe a couple of memories. Don't know. Uh, Peterborough away. Um, this I, I felt John you went to this Connor sorted you out with tickets and you know you came to an agreement very grateful very nice. for um, thanks John no problem looking at this game and last year was a bit of an exception where it was nil nil wasn't it and we kind of really it was gr- ground that out but I always felt looking at this this can go this will either be really good or really bad as how because <laughs> you take any result you're thinking really good and if you get battered, obviously bad. And that's we definitely fell into the latter. It could have been seven or so, John. In if Be- Beadle was man of the match for us, wasn't he? Yeah, it felt beforehand that it, you know, draw would have been an absolutely great result. I don't think I'd fully appreciated how good a team they were before this game, and sort of walked away from that game going, "That's comfortably the best team I've seen us play against." Hmm. Um, you know. Their front four, we just couldn't live with it at any point. And it got really quite frustrating because what particularly bothered me was the amount of times that they whipped the ball out to an on-rushing forward player, whereas every, on the rare occasion we got the ball out to our wide players, it was into their feet with a back to goal. But they just basically sort of, they completely overran us and we just got stuck in how to play against them. Like we just, the two, I felt for Cam Brown and Marcus McGrain because they, they couldn't. They were trying to sit, and they were also trying to get involved with the game, drive the drive the ball up. But equally, they failed. Basically, ended up doing neither very well. Um, and yeah, Peterborough were just very dominant. And apart from a very short ten minutes spell in the second half, which wasn't planned through our playing our way into the game, it was just we had nothing. Yeah, it was demoralising in a sort of weird way watching it the, the only time we kind of came into the game was when they were like just re- getting their legs back yeah for 10-15 minutes second half and it felt like Mills Mills seems to be very kind of on and off some games he's really effective and seems to be um, really kind of hugging the touchline pushing defenders back they're worried about him 
but in the, it, this was another occasion where he was really struggling to make an impact and then this whole thing connor about i know um lots of people are talking about Bowden and ruben rodriguez in the same team but it seems like desi on recent games maybe he's kind of seen it work where he's he's only kept one of them in the side and he's got two wingers then either side of harris um mm. And he's kind of pushed then Ruben back into the centre. But that seems to be maybe the way he'll go. But it could just be also because Bowden's got a niggle and he'll just come back in. Mm, I don't know. I think, obviously, I know I'm going to jump ahead now. But having watched the Reading game and what we were trying to do there and then really seeing um, this kind of, I guess, Buckingham styles kind of slowly start to creep into the side in through the Burton game. I think actually, you know, he wants to play with legitimate wingers, you know, with legitimate width. And he really wants to play Rodriguez and almost um, Brannigan as kind of slightly further forward midfield players with McGuane sat in the hole rather than playing kind of a 4-2-3-1. It's almost like a a 4-1-2-3 or whatever. So I think actually I'll be very surprised if we do see Bowden and Rodriguez playing together you know, very often, and unless it's out of necessity, because yeah. I do think the the width is what Buckingham seems to really be pushing. And like I said, in those most recent games, I think we've definitely started to see that come out. Yeah, definitely. And um... I don't, I don't disagree. Like to that point around Buckingham, probably does want to play with out and out wingers. I think the whole sort of Bowden can he play in the same team, Rodriguez? There's a hell of a lot of nuance to it because I understood why he was picked against Peterborough because you kind of need to try and go a bit more solid. Um, and clearly, and at home, for example, those two should be able to play in the same team together quite comfortably, because they've both got the quality. And especially Bowden will work even better in a sort of wide left or tucked in left position with someone like Greg Lee on the other, or Bennett on the other side of him, kind of going alongside. Him and Kieran Brown on the left-hand side against Peterborough looks like two square pegs stuck yeah, in the mud. Yeah. Like, but that's not Bowden's fault to a degree, you kind of needed to have someone to offer a little bit of physicality. He offers a lot aerially as well. But then there should be there should be times when they can play together. But I don't... But they are effectively the same player. So I'd sort of... I think there's two sides to the sort of... I don't think it's clear-cut that they can't play together. But it depends on the game and the opposition and yeah. that sort of stuff. <clears throat> so Peterborough's first goal was what I'd describe as like a FIFA goal where they just kind of keep tapping X and then just eventually just tap it in around the keeper. <laughs> Second goal was um, Beadle. It's actually Beadle's first proper mistake, really, wasn't it? He kind of slipped yeah. um, and it led to them just having more time to kind of um, find the goal. It, but... it looked from behind the goal, and we were fairly close to it, it did look like if he'd not made that slight slip, yeah, he would agreed. have probably smothered it yeah. and it would have been... All right. Everyone makes it, mistakes, don't they? Like, yeah, and yeah. it's not like it wouldn't have happened in another instance. Like that pitch. You know, I, it's also worth saying that pitch was an absolute disgrace in that game. <laughs> I was, couldn't believe it. It, it was it was like Village Field. Yeah. looking at it, and through the I haven't seen a goal mouth that's like covered in mud for ages. <laughs> like, it just doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. Um, but I come back to it. Peter had dealt with it really well, but I think it's because it. It almost plays how they were. They were so solid in the core of their team and then they just whipped it wide every time away from where the pitch was crap. So we could have obviously done that. The, the speed but... 
it is frustrating. We went back to that whole thing where like the speed of their transition to get to their front four is so fast. And you always keep thinking, why? Some, it takes us ages to get to that. <laughs> we recycle the ball 12 times sometimes before we get to that position. Um, that I think that was the thing that was really noticeable with Peterborough, the how quick and direct they are to get that ball to the the front line um, to put us under pressure quickly. But it, it, jumping, yeah. jumping around to the sort of evolution of Des Buckingham style, etc. It's something we do need to get back to because generally under Manning, God forbid mentioning his name, the centre, mm. the, the midfield did seem to kind of know what they were doing a lot more, and I feel that slightly dropped away a little bit. Not that we were forever before that constantly getting the ball to our wingers in the right place because clearly we aren't and that's been a big big issue for us because coming back to your point about Mills he was pretty ineffective in that game but he only got the ball kind of in front of him once if I recall rightly and that's a bit of that's he's got to get in the right position Armifield's got to Ruben's got to move people around it's not all sort of on him but um, yeah it just wasn't happening yeah we we then um Go to Reading, first time we played them in the league for what twenty odd, coming up to twenty years or something. Um, was it since the game where we won two one there, the Mickey Lewis caretaker Matt Murphy winner? I think it was that one. Great videos on YouTube of that game. Um, good highlights. Alan Pardew's their manager. Um, yeah, Jack, you were in the stand for this. How was it? How was the build-up? We said uh, we had nearly what three thousand. Just getting towards that there. Atmosphere well, yeah. sounded electric, like leading in. It was all a bit. I came. It was all a bit of a damp squib, squid, whatever the the phrase is. Just a bit. I don't know. Squid. I think there's been so much talk. Damp squid. <laughs> damp squid. <laughs> I don't know. I have never. I don't know. I know what you mean. Phrase before. I don't. Squid. Um, okay. Squid. But yeah, there's been so much talk and hype and build up of like, oh, it's been this long and it's a massive derby and all the rest of it. I think realistically, because it's been that long, the the derby factor of it has drifted so much amongst you know, yeah, pe- people of my people what of proportion my age, of our fan base don't care because they've exactly, never felt exactly. it exactly yeah. that, and it and it did feel like that, and it's even in like the last yeah. fifteen twenty minutes where you would really want. 3,000 away fans to be getting behind their team. Everyone just kind of was a bit resigned to... Well, not feel like again MK today. as if you're at Milton Keynes? Yeah. That's the thing. Mm, it wasn't quite that not, bad. Not, yeah, but it was, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was just... But the stadium day, felt similar. It looked like the stadium looked similarly absent. Or empty. Yeah. 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 I I was at the game as well, and I, I really didn't find it to be much of a derby day atmosphere at all and the problem is it's because we're always going to compare it to scumden so we're obviously going to be drawing parallels and there is none really and like jack said you know for the majority well i wouldn't say the majority of our fan base but certainly a large proportion of it including myself we've never seen this game before so we've never really had much to go off you know you're kind of brought up as a kid to hate swindon and you've you know gone through recent times with them but with Reading, it was just didn't seem to be that much animosity, to be honest with you. And I, I, I think you know the only time it got a little bit spicy, I suppose, was when we actually scored, and that three minutes that we had before they then equalised, and then it was flat, and it was pretty flat on the pitch as much as it was off it. And I, I left the stadium pretty disappointed, to be honest with you, with not only the atmosphere but also the performance. Yeah, they they were on 
they obviously had come into a little bit of form, but they were still they're still struggling yeah. near the bottom, albeit there's a points deduction there. But they'd they'd lost um in similar circumstances circumstances to Barnsley, um, where the game was one all and if it looked really set. I was talking to my mate, um, who was obviously watching that Barnsley game and he was saying that Reading's legs went with about twenty twenty five minutes left and it looked the same. Mm. It looked like they had got they were pretty good first half. We they'd missed an absolute sitter, didn't they, to go two one ahead just before half time. But then they um yeah. they really and lost the their one legs. off the line as well. Yeah, from, yeah, true. Yeah. The Thornley one. But they yeah. they lost their legs and we just did not take advantage. And the the only chance was that Murphy cutting in, really, wasn't there? Where yeah. that would have been. I amazing. give I give Reading a fair amount of credit, except for I agree they're sort of dropped off at the end. I think as a team, they sort of they're a good example of playing a style with the sort of players they've got. They did actually move the ball quite quickly into areas. And then they would generally just play a ball into like, you know, they weren't sort of like orchestrating a sort of clear cut chance, but they were just sort of getting the ball down into the wide areas and just putting it in or putting us under pressure or just sort of essentially not overplaying too much. And it kind of did yield results. A lot of the time it would just, break down and it was a non-event but that's fine for what they are like we're trying to play a completely different game but at times you think well actually on occasions you probably could cut out one of these one of these sort of passes that we tend to do so I was thought they were actually a little bit better than what some gave them credit for I think um, Rodriguez was a massive miss in this game so when we were getting on top in the second half and they their legs tired and Murphy was getting in you wanted a Ruben player in front of in front of their back four to be looking for the gaps. And actually, I think, like the Bolton game, if Rodriguez had played in the Bolton game and the Reading game, I think we'd have four more points than we do now. Because he did it just felt like a big far, pitch far more. as well. Yeah. Like, and it, it sort of, I remember looking at the first thing, there's, we're going to get some opportunities here. And I, I think it's a really good point that there must have been a, a way we could have done better in particularly that last 30 to exploit that kind of space. It, and it was a great goal as well, though, wasn't it? Like Mills cutting back onto his left, crossing it in. Then our centre forward, Kieran Brown, um, there with his diving header. What was he doing in the box and playing a four, four at the back? It was very. Bit... I think he just thought, like, I'm just going to. This is ridiculous. Spot. Like, I'm just taking over. I'm going to like just bury this. Like, I can't. I can't. I'm so impressed with Kieran Brown. I, I was always a bit like when we signed him. I was always a bit like, okay, fine. But I swear he's just come on leaps and bounds. Rarely makes a mistake. All right, his passing range is not groundbreaking, but he's just sort of something about him. He's just relentlessly composed, yeah, aggressive. Um, you know, just kind of tries to make things happen, happen a bit as well. I, I'm kind of completely beyond sold on him as oh, besotted. Yeah, I, just these last few games actually something about him. He just seems to have stepped up a tier in the kind of like important players we need in the team that's the thing about what competition does in the squad as well doesn't it like he's now finding his place as you said earlier on is that in that kind of preferred centre-back pairing with Moore and we know Moore's come on leaps and bounds himself so the fact that he's going to be keeping Fornley you expect and Fornley had a good game didn't he first half got subbed because he was on a booking didn't he and then yeah yeah I I think also there was obviously the, the the change was a tactical one as well by taking Thornley off, obviously allowing Brown to go back to centre half and then bring 
Benihon. So it was a, it was a. He wouldn't have done that though without that booking. Change. Is all I'd say. Mm. No. I think what killed it is when Thornley pulled out the tackle just before half time when Reading broke. True, I think that were, that yeah. that was ultimately where he was like, I've got to take him off here because he can't make another challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose there was that 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 <laughs> that was a very weird moment in the stands because I think people didn't realise that Thornley was booked and we were like, "Why aren't you tackling him?" And then we were like, "Oh yeah, because you're going to get sent off." <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. Um, <laughs> their goal was actually um, it had to be Sam Smith, and he gave the Oxford fans a little bit did. of shit, but it was a great goal. As in, like the ball over the top, everyone thought was offside. He wasn't offside because I think Brown was playing him on yeah. by miles. And then his first touch was brilliant, and then good composed finish. Sadly, but yeah, being uber critical though, that was quite a high arch ball. Like for there to be no challenge on either that or him taking a touch did feel a bit poor. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, Murphy started a game, played 90 minutes, I think, in that one. And yeah, then, yeah, Bowden was the one that came, you mentioned R- Ruben, Jack, but Bowden did come on, didn't he, quite late in this, and then, but just didn't have enough time to make an impact. Um, where, where, where are people at on Murphy's performances? Because I have a sort of a view, but I'd be interested to know where you guys think across the three games, just slightly jumping ahead, but what do you think he's at with his performances? Uh, you go first, John. Because <laughs> you're waiting for no, us Jack's to there. Jack's here. Uh, go on, Jack. Uh, what do I think of them? <laughs> I think they're far... Obviously, well, they're clearly an improvement from what they were. But I think there's a little bit of um, carried awayness happening because thus far, has he created much, really? He's be- beating his fullback on toast constantly, but what's his actual end product like? For in terms of actual assists and goals, nil. In terms of creating stuff, maybe a couple of things. So it's final the, ball, but the equally, one at Cheltenham that Ruben missed was from Murphy, yeah. just hammering the so right back. We, we can remember one clear chance in the three or four games yeah. where it's so it's it, it feels like it's about to click where surely there's an assist coming or a goal, but. It's good whilst we have the likes of Brown and Edwards out to have a pacey winger who's beating a fullback isn't a bad thing. You just want that to translate into yeah, uh, yeah. end product. People were saying, I think it was um, Ben Perkis saying the same thing. Like all well and good, he's doing well, but you need more of an end result. Um, mm. That's why that Reading. That can you imagine that moment though? If that had gone in, you'd probably be thinking, feeling quite different about your experience <laughs> in the 92nd minute or whenever it was a little a little bit of his uh, i mean uh, my view's not different to that really it is interesting about it comes to this point about what's he got to aim at in the box because he can you know i don't want to sign to a sort of pick on harris thing but Do you know we've gone half an hour 32 minutes without um bringing it up Mark well harris, i was thinking as we were point. talking i was like we haven't mentioned yeah. harris which in itself is not from us not talking about it, but from the fact he's not Im- imposed himself on any of these games at all. And I think we could talk about it more later. But for me, that's part of a thing for Murphy. But no, I'm exactly the same. He's, his pace is frighteningly exciting, like the way you know, he's genuinely beating players. But for me, there needs to be a little bit more. Um, but it's interesting he can now play. He's, he must be in a good place injury-wise because he was seemed to be nowhere near 90 minutes before. Yeah, for sure. On Harris, then, um, 
Actually, no, let's not. We'll, we'll organically come to Harris after this. The Bur- Burton game, it was kind of the opposition that we needed in a sense, wasn't it? They just changed. Have they got a manager yet? No. No. But they're, you know, they're really struggling in a bad place, bad results. Um, It's kind of the team that we needed to play. And we put, you know, nearly 30 shots at them and back to 60% possession, 14 on target. Um, There was a moment in this game where they were very well publicized. uh, What was it? Like six shots in um, five seconds or whatever it was moment. Wasn't that a 1-0? And then you're kind of thinking, ooh, this this could be <laughs> if we don't end up winning this that would be an absolute travesty. I was like yeah, it was like sixty minutes the the melee to end all melees yeah happened. But um, the goals in this Jack this game were absolutely unreal, weren't they? All three of them, and then Rubens suddenly kind of come out and he's right back on it with another another brace. But it's funny because the talk had been about well we've not created many chances all season and we've been scoring a lot of goals from outside the box and then. We stopped scoring. It was like, well, that was always coming because we've not been creating a lot of chances. And in this game, we created chances, still scored three from outside the box and then missed some, not sitters, but, e- quote, easier ones. So it did feel like, I think a lot of it's to do with how poor Burton are as a side, but it did feel like some of the tweaks in the Buckingham um, change that is happening started to kind of have more impact. I think we gone from a kind of Reading, uh, sorry, a Peterborough game where it was, you probably felt a bit concerned about what we were doing to Reading where you could sort of see what we, perhaps we were trying to do to Burton going, okay, we can see what we're trying to do here now. And you saw that repeated, um, not repeated, affected in the numbers. So you just want that to continue and especially in the couple of games pre-Derby that are similar yeah. kind of mid to lower table teams. Connie, feeling good? Has it kind of rejuvenated? Yeah. Like it, it felt like Buckingham needed it, didn't he? I know, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. I think this was was exactly the type of performance I think that we needed, particularly at home. It was just something that we need to get out of our system almost to to kind of give a little bit of a, a boost. Um, I, I think some fans have been very unfair in some of the, the kind of online discourse I've been reading about his his appointment and the way things have been gone recently there's been an awful lot of turmoil at the club um and there's been an awful lot of change again in a very short period of time and you can't expect a manager just to come in and basically adopt the same practices as the one before him no matter who that person is so there's obviously tweaks and changes not just to the system of play but the way in which they operate on a daily basis in and around the training ground these things take time so and they also do have impacts on the pitch clearly so I'm I'm really happy for for Des that this result went the way it did and the performance was was excellent as well and I think it's a real good time to kind of you know kick on now particularly with some of the fixtures that we do have coming up now which like we've said on paper will hopefully be something that we might be able to pick up a you know some more points from um, after this kind of tough run of fixtures that he's had since he's come in. Yeah, agree. I thought I just hope it gives him a bit of confidence to kind of put his to keep putting his stamp on the team and doing the things he wants to do. Um, cause it, it, I think he yeah. would. He would anyway, even if we lost. Yeah, you know. I, it's just whether you start that's doubting yourself. You've never worked at this level, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you try and go back to a recipe that's worked with this squad earlier in the season? Yada yada yada. Uh, I don't yada. think so. I know. I think I think 
I know. I think I think the the level of management that the guy's at, you know, I think he's he knows what he wants to do with the squad, and he knows that that will take time. And if he starts seeing results quicker than he expects, then brilliant. But if not, I can't imagine he would change his entire philosophy. I've just scrolled down in the notes to a section in caps that says, "What a strike from Marcus! He's got his shooting boots on now, baby." <laughs> and I was wondering when you two would pipe up. About Maguire. Suddenly Maguire's, isn't he the top scorer under Buckingham? I think I heard Des, Desi saying. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I don't think that's the strongest stat everyone's ever, <laughs> anyone's ever pulled out. What a goal, <laughs> honestly, though. It was crazy good, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, strike. just ridiculous. I mean, not to downplay it, but like Brannigan, he nearly hit one. Oh, didn't he almost hit the bar? Ad- almost identical to it. Yeah. Maguire's kind of hasn't been doing this sort of stuff until this season. So it's for me, it's like, yeah, it's the, the next part of the progression. I mean, if he, could, if he could slot one in from like the edge of the area in the bottom corner, that I'm quite keen on that as well. But if he wants to bang them in like that, then that's absolutely fine. It, do, um, it, it does feel like McGuane should score the kinds of goals that James Henry went through a phase of scoring. That kind of receives the ball, takes a touch, finds, like John says, the bottom corner or whatever, because he's got the ability to do it. And this this goal, everything about this goal just oozed class, like everything about it. And it's just so frustrating that we've kind of been waiting to see this version of McGuane arrive, but we're, we are finally seeing it. You st- you do still sort of want to see that Baptiste-style glide into the box at home to West Ham and just find the far court, you know, arriving late, dribbling. I, I just think that's the thing that maybe well, you're getting too picky, but yeah. But that's what I've always thought he was kind of capable. I mean, that way, that's when he was signed. I was like, okay, he's, hopefully he's like the next Baptiste. And the next, uh, it's just, the um, next Yemi, I think we said. <laughs> the next Yemi. There is no, there's no next Yemi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's a weird one, though, this game, because they're almost Burton. Like, they were just in an absolute state. They weren't a terrible team. Like, they were just sort of working hard, but they weren't really doing much. But I don't think it's a you can draw too much from it from a sort of Buckingham progression analysis that point of view. I mean, I still wasn't sure we sort of particularly kind of managed to get the tempo that much higher or kind of, I still wasn't sort of thinking it was a particularly convincing performance outside of yeah. battering in three, three. I really wonder what goals. the XG was. Now I seem to care about XG these days. Yeah. That was, that's a very like, but in, you know. in, in this game, when you've had 28 shots, 14 on target, I would be interested to, to know. Let's just do some filler whilst Jack looks. Uh, but it, yeah, the Harry, it just goes back to the Harris thing again, doesn't it? Because you want to see Harris at least missing chances in the right place. Um, go on, Jack. 2.66. Okay. 2.66. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's quite high. What, yeah. Against Peterborough is like 0.3 or something. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Reading was something like that as well, wasn't it? It was right down there, just because we Reading's was um, just under one. Um, I mean, Harris missed the header he missed, which kind of didn't. Sort of, Murphy missed that. That was it as well. Murphy missed an absolute yeah, sitter yeah, early yeah. on. Yeah, early on that that was bad. But I mean, Harris one was harder, but it was one of those where as a striker, you like you got to get that on target. Um, it was another one where he kind of. He did all the right things. It's the classic thing we keep saying. He, he does do a lot of the right things. I think it was sort of around the 80th minute. He sort of 
runs into the channel, good Goodwin plays him in, hits the shot, keeper makes the save, it's all good. But then he just the next time he just kind of doesn't quite do the right thing. And it's just sort of getting a bit more painful, yeah. more and more painful. But weren't we it's we're very a fickle lot sometimes, football fans, but after the Reading game there was a lot of chat, wasn't there, about... And there was a lot of posts that are getting heavily liked on socials about where's our identity gone? We're not fluid through the lines. The tempo's slowed right down. Jack, I remember you seeing some of that stuff at one point. Um, but do, do you know what I mean? There was a lot of chat about we kind of don't really know what... We, it doesn't, didn't necessarily look like we knew what we were doing. I think, yeah, second half Reading was... You could sum it up as being slow, 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 like across the back four. But I think a lot of that was wrapped into the we don't want to lose this game, kind of getting caught caught between not losing it and trying to win it. Um, I think Buckingham ideally does want the ball to move quicker and got out wide quicker, which we are starting to see, which is why the likes of Mills and Murphy are getting a bit of joy. Um, I don't think Buckingham will stand for slow progression in terms of moving the ball. I don't think he'll want a Moore and a Brown going back back and forth across the back four or five times before looking forward. Yeah. I think that's where the tweak of pushing Brannigan to get involved alongside Rodriguez almost will have a step change to our, to our speed of moving the ball. Um, the thing that annoys me on the Harris chat is the assumption that by getting a new striker that fixes absolutely everything. I don't think it does. Um, at all because up until the Burton game we're not actually creating much anyway it doesn't matter if you've got a striker in there if you're not creating chances anyway they're not there to miss them regardless yeah but I I hear that but I also think you've got if you plow let's say we signed Clark Harris and he would have to change our style massively to come to him but like you then play off that guy who holds the ball up probably to a different level he he naturally will be in the box all the time, and you, it will. If you're playing with two wingers, you would adjust your shape and probably go to what you just said more direct to the wingers as quickly as possible. Um, yeah. And I just don't. I feel like we need to see that those options. So it's not. I, I don't think anyone expects that it will magically. That's too much pressure no, to put I, on whoever I, that signing I, is. But. I think in this system, if we sign another striker, we'd have to play them as a two. I don't think. Signing a replacement for Harris solves anything in particular. Mm. I I think actually that if 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 we are gonna or if Buckingham is gonna go down this route of kind of utilizing width as much as possible and trying to put more boards into the box, I think actually it might be a tweak of instruction to Harris to make sure that he does his absolute best to stay central, because Harris under Manning at times was very kind of ball hungry he wanted to move around to receive the ball well if you tell him to you know instruct him to be like no you know you you hold down this area you want to you want to play within within the lines of the goalposts. you know that's where you really want to be in the pitch you want to be in those areas and we will we will find you then perhaps you know we might start to see him you know be a little bit more uh We'll get a few more opportunities. There, in front there of has been a lot of balls so, thrown across the boxes in some of these games, yeah. though, hasn't there? Where he sticks a leg out and just doesn't get on the end of things a lot. Yeah, but of that time. might that might again just be. I know it you know, might this, be this phase. The, I know the it's flip, a long the, phase. Tough, the flip it's side. Of, I'm, I'm tr- I know. I'm trying the, to defend him a little bit. The flip side of it. Getting, the flip side of it yeah, is the Reading goal came from Harris dropping deep to pick up the ball to give it to Mills. Mm. 
Yeah, I, ju- I, so it's, I know it's, what you're saying about changing shape and stuff as well, but I still so think... So the, the name that gets touted about a lot is Ladapo. Now, if you yeah. sign Ladapo, then you he will he won't move from the penalty spot. He he will wait for a ball in, and yeah, it you know I saw I think that there's potentially a bit more adjustment of stuff to make it work with a new striker. It's, well, that, yeah, I mean that would change Ruben's role. I yeah, think a lot that, of this is it's not picking on Harris. It's it's instructional between the front four of what they're all doing. A little bit about between Brannigan and. McGuane as to who's going to push on a bit more. I don't buy what I don't buy about this. You've heard a little bit about is that McGuane to be more of a kind of holding midfielder sort of space. That's almost going back to the KR times with him, and I think you'll lose a lot. I think there's something which is, you know, we can't work out from here. It's a training ground thing about the combination of all the points you've made about getting Harris in the right places and the cogs around him doing the right things at the same time. It's all quite sort of neat fit. And like you say, a, a different type of striker will just offer us a chance to yeah. slightly tweak the sort of balls we can play up to. It, we've got a, we've got a really hard-working grafter who is actually pretty good on the ball and is quite good for his size at holding it up every now and then. Um, I just don't... I still... I just don't buy that if you do get more of a target man type player that the 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 doesn't work and you have to shift everything around i think you if you literally replace replace harris and you still maybe you go more direct slightly but you i don't think your shape goes massively clark harris again when he was playing with smodix and all those guys around him at peterborough they were playing a four they were interchanging like a four two three and a four two three one uh, who was the other guy i forget the other guy's name the other winger um but they absolutely surrounded him with rapid people and a really creative kind of, if Smodix is the Ruben of the team, then yeah, I don't know. I just think of George Boyd whenever anyone mentions Peterborough, <laughs> even though that wasn't him at that time. But still, where did Smodix go? He, just out of it. He's Black, Blackburn. 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 That's it. Yeah, he's flying the Blackburn as well. He's an excellent. He's an excellent player. Um, um, yeah, I, I I think there's still a a conversation around Harris um, that goes far beyond this season anyway. I think, you know, Harris is only 24 years old. I don't, I don't see, I don't see this, Yeah, you know, if this, if this goal scoring run, or sorry, lack of goals run keeps continuing and, you know, we do end up bringing in someone who actually does end up kind of replacing him. I know Buckingham keeps saying in, in his media interviews, it's not a replacement. Obviously he's going to say that regardless. It's just competition, isn't it? That's it's competition. Just, yeah. yeah, exactly. And this is what we're lacking. Cause again, you know, we're going to go back to Odonka because Odonka doesn't offer much in terms of way to competition yet. Um, Ladapo, uh, would you be happy with Ladapo Connor? Of course, Ladapo would be a, a, an exciting player just because of his caliber that he's, and his, you know, his previous, um, where did he well, seasons at other clubs and he's yeah, where is he yeah. now Ipswich Ipswich yeah and the thing is, is with the Ladapo is, would, would Ladapo be a permanent signing in January would it be a loan loan with he's a probably view. got he's probably got a hell of a whack in terms of his wages how um, old is he 30 30 31 something like that, yeah it? 31 in February so, 31 yeah but, but so. it's it, I mean we can't speculate what's in the budget but no so. We're third in the league in a very in a season where there's not too many other teams beneath us that are falsely positioned. You've really got to go for it yeah. in January. You know, you're getting towards like, I mean, for me, like this is 
being greedy, but I'd, I'd almost go as far as you get two strikers in. Hmm. What about Jack at... Marriott again? Jack Marriott. Uh, whether, you, whether you can go sort of two established names, big fees is different is a different thing but I, I don't think you just get one and think that's an issue I think you just go look we've got to be brutally selfish I about still, this I still think Marriott's too similar to Harris in many ways but they, maybe that's just a physicality thing um, I think he's Marriott would be better around the six yard box yeah and Harris is not that brilliant around the six yard box he's not a poacher type is he he's more of a pressing yeah pressing forward type player but um who knows i'm sure it's top of the agenda put it that way yeah. maybe we'll find some random new zealand or australian lad or something yeah like portsmouth did with yengi who was top scorer in the indian super league last year jack <laughs> <laughs> um frantically tight well des bucking all knows so jack doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah true because <laughs> that's what all prior well, managers did... have done they've just listened to jack for the tips. Yeah. Well, didn't that, that, that's, wasn't there a, that's the problem. <laughs> there was there was a, a snippet as well on the, on the dub, wasn't there? When uh, they said that Ed, Ed Waldron had said he'd been overseas to watch some players as well. Probably Northern so, Ireland. Let's house it again. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's looking he's definitely at a centre back. To, he's definitely just popped to Belfast. But you know, there's uh, who knows, who knows. There might be something there. Obviously, there's work permits and things need to be involved yeah. because every player's from overseas. But the, uh, who knows? It might be a Gino Van Kessel 2.0. Well, the, the top scorer <laughs> in the Indian Super League this season <laughs> is a 33 year old Uruguayan Argentine striker. Sorry, oh, exactly. Nice. What's his go. name? George Pereira. How many goals? Do, an no, Argentinian filth bag up front. That's exactly Six, what six yeah. goals in nine Carlos games. Tevez. Carlos Rotter. <laughs> Rotario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very oh. good. Where is this conversation yeah. going? Uh, League One. Where I wanted to go to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly where he wanted. Um, Pompey have managed to edge away, haven't they, slightly? They, they beat Bolton, didn't they, in that kind of crunch game? Was it 2-0? They got the second one late. Um, yeah, Bolton missed Charles an absolute... Yeah, Jesus Christ. Oh. Charles missed a sitter and that. Um, yeah, otherwise, though, that, that win has just kind of nicely popped us back. You kind of forget that there was a point where we were really kind of escaping a bit more of the chasing pack. That's kind of got out the window. You just Stevenage's form. Crikey, yeah, I know. They're undefeated that. in six or something, five or six. Um. They're still sticking with it. Fair play to Steve Evans, to be fair. Um, Bolton and Derby have a game in hand on us. Um, as to Barnsley that are there. But... That Derby game's huge, isn't it, on the 29th? When it I can't to... believe they've gone on a run. I just, I didn't yeah. see Paul Warren pulling that no, back. No, neither did I. Especially after the, you know, the, the kind of videos that were circulating um, online after... A couple of defeats they had, where you know the fans really, really turned on yeah. it. Wasn't Darren Moore so, like in watching their game? Was that a joke? Oh yeah, it's like those <laughs> pictures be, of Darren Moore watching the game, watching it. Yeah, um, yeah. but you know, I, it'd be inter- that game's going to be interesting. Jack, are you ready to for like the family abuse to start either way for the Derby game? Jack is a Derby resident for those listening, so. Um, <laughs> He's choosing not to come. I'm quite glad it's fallen in the uh, just after Christmas. If it was the like game, <laughs> yeah. on, if it was the game on Saturday, it would be uh, it would be hell. But I, I think I actually think Derby will come, and I think that could be a really good game to watch. I think they'll come for the yeah. for the win. Um, 
and they've got they've got confidence again, which when you're a club of that size, we saw it with Sunderland the year they went up, they got confidence and went on a run, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. I think for us it's gonna be a big, big game. Well they've they've scored the same amount of goals as us and let in five less. Uh, I, I'm surprised that their it was their style that really caught us, wasn't it? Like they were just hammering the ball in the box at every opportunity, like free kicks in the thirteenth minute from inside their half, getting the center back home up. as well. Home, it yeah, just, it was just or it remind it was a bit like Leighton Orient were playing when we went to their place, but it'd be interesting to see if their style is mixed up a bit to appease the fans. I don't know, Jack, if you know, but I think I think they do mix it up more. I think. Um, Trying to go full Rotherham like he did against us hasn't worked as much. Like Nathaniel Mendes Lang has been a big threat for them in recent games, and he's much more of a tricky winger than. Um, yeah, he's a good player. So they they have mixed up a bit. They've got some players back from injury as well. So yeah, but I think it'd be a really good game. That. Yeah. Are you going to try and get your ticket next to me, Jack? Yeah, we can cuddle for it, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, Sam's going to be there as well, so the three of us can cuddle. So great. I'm sure the listener nice. loves that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, they can visualize it. So we've got Northampton. I know you've just been on a pod with them, Jack, but one of my least favorite teams in the whole football league. <laughs> they, Sorry, uh, they, they did bring up Appleton saying that we were the best team in that league what that did you season, say? and I said we were. We were the best team to watch by far. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well said, James. Can can you elaborate as to why you hate them so much? Oh, I can't. Do you know what? I just can't. Just. I don't find them relevant to anything. <laughs> it reminds me of League Two. League Two reminds yeah, reminds me of League Two. Yeah. I just don't feel like yeah. they're ever going to push on beyond where they're at. There's no. Yeah. I just. Um, can't. I'm going on Saturday, and I I I said at the beginning of the year that Northampton would be one of the games I don't go to, but because it's basically on my doorstep, I'm like, well, got to go. Yeah, got to be done. How's their um form looking? They're they quite. The... They're quite yeah. an odd team. Like they they won at Blackpool. I saw that. That's when Hoskins yeah bagged a couple. Did all got got there. destroyed by Portsmouth. Apparently they saw that as a bit of a free hit. Then beat Fleetwood easily. And then drew at Carlisle. So they're all kind of all over the place, really. But I I said to be fair, I said on their pod, I'm surprised they have surprised me that they're comfortably twelfth. That's like they're, it. They're close to the playoffs in a relegation zone, which I'd never have had them down for when they came up. Well, in their t- that form, yeah. So in their last, uh, what's that, six, they've won four, drawn one and lost one. I mean, that's not bad at all, is it? And like you say, it's a bit all over the place in the Pompey games, the exception. So doesn't feel like they're going to be sort of in full Cheltenham mode. They're going to probably play a football that's somewhere in between, but it's going to be difficult. It's an absolute sort of win your battles cliche, then go from there. Yeah. I really hope we win. It's, really game, it's just game we, we've yeah. had. There's obviously Cheltenham's one, but you've just we've just if we want to sustain this push, given the teams that we're competing with, you just have to go to Northampton <laughs> and beat. Well, them. we can't we can't let the whole league or we in particular, obviously, can't let the the top two sort of pull away and end up in that sort of weird. Oh yeah, we are chasing from autos, but no, we're not mm. really. Like mm-hmm. realistically, for the next three games, four. We need to looking at least nine points from the next four. Here, if we got Northampton, then Cambridge on Boxing Day, I'll be there on Boxing Day. I'm quite then excited. Derby. I've been for years. Then Derby, then then Charlton. I mean, yeah. apart from Derby, they're all you know on paper 
should be looking to win and Derby should be looking to lose at home to them. So, yeah. yeah. And then you've got Barnsley as well, quickly following up you, after that. You, it's a pretty congested fixture list yeah. again. And you, you look at, you do look at, back to the Harris thing though, and I know we said this, I think we referenced Hoskins in the last one, but he scored 12 goals. Like, um, mm. yeah, makes a difference that. But their, their home form is, it's not, that groundbreaking it they just seem to be quite sort of middling and if you're just looking at some of the stats they don't seem to score an awful lot uh it's kind of yeah i don't there for the take there for the take i don't recognize any you know where you do the um uh what's his name with chris william bradetsky's who plays who's played for both thing i don't i don't recognize anyone beyond hoskins just for the reason i'm all thinking about is chris wilmot now because he played for them. I always just think of John Joe O'Toole, who I could not stand when I think of Northampton. <laughs> it's just always the way. You know, we've said players that come back to mind. It's Steve Claridge or Peter Nunlove, Noel Whelan for yeah. Leeds. And it's John Joe O'Toole for Northampton. Yeah, it is for me as well with Northampton. Just go Definitely. away. <laughs> Get back to League Two and shut up. <laughs> um <sighs> They definitely will listen to this. <laughs> I bet Jack was like, oh, we love you at Northampton. Friendly neighbours. Um, right, and then what we've got, yeah, Cambridge. Cambridge are an odd one as well, aren't they? Because they, they've obviously got rid of uh, Mark Bonner and then um, they've still, they they did such a job on us on that opening day. Um, that was depressing, wasn't it? But they're, they're, that strike is still hanging around that caused us all kinds of issues that day. I forget his name now. Um, I think he's come back. Yeah, he's come back into yeah. form. He's on loan from somewhere, isn't he? But he's come back into form, I think, for them. Yeah, they've got they've got four points from six, haven't they, under Neil Harris? So he's had an impact. Yeah. Well, let's here's hoping that is the result. I haven't seen us win on Boxing Day at live at a game for a long time actually i'm not going to ruin some of the quiz <laughs> right um i don't think there's any more football to talk about should we should we get on to the surprise qu- christmas quiz those listening that don't give a crap you can tune out now <laughs> and uh this is just pure self-indulgence let's see if this works oh god here we go again my lord here we go is that, a, a, is that an acceptable volume? <laughs> <laughs> not for the next 10 minutes. Or yeah. not, no. This is a quiz that's been pulled together in about 17 minutes. I'm, I think there's part of it where you can just jump in yourselves. There'll be part of it where you may need to play as a team. We'll, we'll see. I'm going to throw some initial trivia at you. Are you ready? Is this is a shout when This you know is it. just shout when you know it. Right, this Jack, one's this just, one's quite hard. Me and Connor yeah. just sit back. I've ended up yeah. using one of my other WhatsApp groups, mainly filled with people I went to school with, who are Oxford fans, to help with a lot of this. Stez bucking a minute? No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> Sorry, that was a that was a low oh, blow. Friend. I've got um, Henry Moran from the BBC has fed in a, a Christmas song, which I'll get to in due course. I think. Cheers, nice. Henry, for that. Um, this music's making me really nervous, James. Okay, good. Sit down. I could probably can actually or something like that. No, no, turn up. Right, that's all you get. Right, question one. The lowest Boxing Day attendance, excluding COVID-impacted matches, set at the Kassam Stadium was in 2005 to see the U's win 3-0. Only 5,600 were there 
who did they beat that day? I, I have no idea. <laughs> 2005. I was probably there. Uh, yeah, I probably was as well. This is just to get, you know, your mind warmed up. Brian Talbot was the manager. Darlington. Good colour good colour scheme on the shirts though. Kidderminster. No. Was Barry they... Quinn, Steve Basham and Sabin with the goals. Russian Diamonds. No. I'm right, just okay. gonna name every you... lower league team from the past. Do you feel warm? Yeah, gonna not, say. The answer yeah. is not County. Oh, Do you feel warmed oh, up now? When you know that. that, Jesus Christ. The next question was going to be, who did Josh Murphy go dressed as for this year's Oxford uh, Christmas party? His brother, Jacob. Okay, well done. Do you reckon Jacob went as Josh to this one? I don't think it would have to say. In a full Oxford kit. <laughs> yeah, full Oxford. <laughs> um, Dennis Smith left Oxford on Christmas Eve in 1997 to manage which club? Westbrook. Correct. I should really keep it. Do you know what? I'm I was like six this. months old. You can read this about this stuff. <laughs> read about the history, man. Yeah, shut up, <laughs> Connor. Get the get the Headington years and Jack, smash through it, John. Sorry, John. Connor. Oh, life did not begin oh. in whenever you were born. Two thousand six. Just get that back on. Two thousand six. Fuck it, I'm not that young. Jesus. <laughs> right. Question. <laughs> this is from Sam. Newcastle Sam, who we go to some games with. Uh, there's a Christmas theme here. Which former Oxford player was born closest to Bethlehem? <laughs> and uh, in brackets, in brackets, youth. We're not talking the guy we just released last year, are we? Might be. Yo, I've said or whatever. Yeah, it's late. That is yeah. correct. Oh! Yeah. And uh, Jack. That's me and you, Jack, I think. Sam, Sam added in the comment afterwards, he said, um, I think that's right until Jack tells me there was a winger from Nazareth we had on <laughs> when we were in the Blue Square <laughs> Premier. We did, we did have a few donkeys, to be fair. Hey. Oh, very good. It did make me laugh, though, to be fair. Um, this oh, is from Jack, uh, James wrong. Hobbs. Which signing by Carl Robinson had the middle name of Ebenezer? You got to, I got this straight away. Oh no. Daniel John Adji. Used to, Daniel yeah, Adji. Adji. Oh, John used to talk yeah. about it all the time. I was like, oh, yeah. Did I? I think so. I think you loved it. Yeah, Ebenezer. you did. You did. I recall right. I recall this being a podcast discussion at some point back in the day. No, I definitely no, no, I definitely remember us talking about it. I don't remember me talking about it relentlessly. Oh, right. Well, Jack. I think we kind of accepted we're just going to do this as a team now. Um okay. This is a different type. Actually, this is more individual, okay? So I'm going to give you all one minute to think of up to three festive plays on Oxford's player or staff names. What? Current? <laughs> I will, I'll give you an example. Um, and I'm going to use a meticulous review process to decide the winner. might use AI to help me. Um, so the example is Simon Clistmas. And I've got some others that I'm going to reel off that... I've had sent through from all of the contributors. So just have a think. I'll just Pres- keep the list. Presumably, you're going to edit this with... minute out for everyone else. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. This is all. Ri- everyone's tense. Everyone's thinking themselves, aren't they? If you're listening in, think of your Christmas themes, Oxford players and staff. I've struggled with Christmas plays, let alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm I can, I can inspire you with some, some as we're going. Yeah, do some names okay. of Christmas plays. So okay, Canice Carol. 
Hamilton singer. That was very good. Nick, that was very good. Nick. Oh, hang on. That, I've come up with none of these. I'm taking full credit. Nick Merry Christmas. Mar- so not actual. Do you mean plays on Christmas, not actual Christmas plays? No, just, yeah, just yeah. plays on the name. You not. Okay. Just plays on the name. I the examples might have helped. You know, Mark Slayton. <laughs> Slayton. That doesn't really work, does it? This one's great. Missile Tony Capaldi. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my favourite, actually. You've just... James, you've just... <laughs> yeah, I'm no, sorry, you sorry. the game. Oh, holy. Got... Richard Knight. <laughs> Herbie Candy Cane. Tom in the bleak mid-winters. Holly Johnson. Oh, for God's sake. I've got one. Go on, I'm going go on. One. Jingle Borman. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think you lose every point you've, you're going to get. Oh. Jingle Bowman? Yeah. Oh, you're trying. Bells. Oh, Come on. Odd. Sounds just like bells. Yeah, Anyone? It's not bad. It's hard. Do you know what? I, I'm terrible at, at least I gave it. At least I gave it a go. Look. Jack, what was your Simon there. Eastwood one earlier? Is there something? You said something right at the beginning of the episode. Mistletoe, knee, Capaldi. <laughs> can't, can't steal that. Old Saint Nick Harris, and we are under sleigh. <laughs> I can't believe anyone's actually still listening to this. No, no. I do apologise, but you know, I said you didn't have to listen. So if you're still here with yeah. us, that's great. Um, how does that? James, can we move on, please? Yeah, sorry, next section. Oh, uh, yeah, I reckon uh, people can tweet in, but no one's going to be listening. But if you have to, yeah. please. Far. Absolutely. Please tweet in your uh, festive Oxford. Oxford Tyler places. Elfram. Okay. Cool. Okay. Sam Stocking Lee. Very good. That's what oh, we're after. Makes sense. Um, yeah, Henry Moran sent in a song, and I just it doesn't really work. It goes. <laughs> Wing Angel he's just gone for players through the ages starting probably from kind of actually no Alan Judge is in there <laughs> but in the tune of Jingle Bells Wing Angel Wing Angel Wing Angel Phil Gray <laughs> Odu Beatty Cliss Taylor Alan Judge more Bowden Gray I'll take it I like it yeah thanks Henry very good um, which three past or present Oxford players would play the three kings in a nativity play? Oh, James Henry. Okay. Why? Definitely be one. Which gift would just, just which gift would James off. Henry have? Frankincense. John, you That's you mine. can each contribute one. This one works each. great. Yeah, James Henry. It's got to be a good reason why. Looks like a, someone who would carry frankincense around with him. That's my Matt Elliot. Yeah. Pretty wise. Wise. He's quite a wise man. Yeah. Jack's really thinking about this one. So we should have live streamed this, shouldn't we? We had the option with this new software we're using. She's a lot of confused brands. We'll probably lose a lot of followers. A little bit later. Yeah. To be fair, we should clip all this and just put it as a video on. 
Jack, Come on, Jack, any chance? No, no he's, he's done. Just say a name. Malcolm Shotton. Good. Okay. The actual the, the actual correct answers were James Golding, oh, George oh, George Franklin Sense, and Matt Murphy. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't actually ask yeah, us to I know, think I know, about I know, I know. I just wanted to see uh, where you'd go and see if any of you would organically start. Adam Murray. Oh, very That's good. That would have worked as well. What about Josh Murphy? What's right? Josh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do you know what? They all work. That was from Sam again. Thanks, Sam. Hope you felt Jonathan, that went down yeah, well. Um, right, on to a few Boxing Day games, and then I'm doing a higher or lower game from the club shop. <laughs> <laughs> to finish <laughs> to finish on a high it took you 17 minutes to come up with this <laughs> yeah absolutely um, right I was, I was going to come up with a scoring framework for this but I don't think scoring matters anymore does it really to be honest we definitely don't need a framework we've gone to I was going to do that thing where I give you the date of a game and then from there you get a score less with every clue I give you so last year's Boxing Day fixture can you can you get it just from that? Who do we play on Boxing Day last year? Cambridge. Were we, were we home or away? We were away. I'll give you that. Is it Cambridge? No. Not that far from that way. Yeah, I was going to say, it's fair, isn't it? Chillingham? No, maybe quite far. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we played Ipswich. What was the score? 3-0 to 3-0. 3-0. Yeah. This is oh, all no, meant to get you in the festive spirit. Okay. <laughs> this is a shit. This round shit. We played <laughs> in tre- we didn't play the year before that. So the 21-22 season we didn't play on Boxing Day. I couldn't I didn't know why that would be unless it was I don't know. I just don't know why we didn't play on Boxing Day. Anyway, the year before that we played Wimbledon at home. Anyone has a score? It's hard to remember two, all these, isn't it? Two one, no. Three one, five nil. It was two nil. Matt Taylor and Jordan Abita with the goals. Year before that, we played Lincoln at home. Who was the scorer that day, and what's the score? This one, this? I remember this one. This is okay. nineteen twenty. Played Lincoln at home. One nil. Oh, Baptiste. Baptiste. It was that worldie where he ran yeah. from deep, smashed it. Year before that, South End at home, lost one 0 Don't want to talk about it. Year before that, Gillingham away. Fans' favourite scored in this game. We drew one-one. Who scored the goal? Henry. No. Left back. Oh, Ruffles. No. Attendance five-five-five-five. Does that help? Just a picture that horrible freaking stamp. Twenty what in twenty fifteen? Twenty seventeen eighteen. Left back. Cardinio. Cardinio. <coughs> oh, well done, Connor. Uh, I was at this one. Northampton. This is probably why actually. <laughs> Northampton at home. Sixteen seventeen season. We lost one nil. I think they scored in the ninety third minute. <laughs> it was oh, it was really painful. Tw- nearly twelve thousand though. What's the question? What? Who? We've lost one nil. Next question. <laughs> I just, just really want to talk about it. The promotion season, fifteen sixteen. Let's see if you remember this one. Who do we play on Boxing Day? We're at home. No idea. We won three nil. Burton Albion. 
I remember a lot of the games from this season that imprinted. We played Exeter. Any ideas on scorers? Circum. Circum. Let's see if Lundstrom. we can get one. Lundstrom. You're just looking at it. You're Googling it, Connor. No. <laughs> Baldock, yes. Congrats. Mullins. <laughs> Mullins. Uh, right, two left. Home to Shrewsbury in 2014-15. We lost 2-0. And that's all we're going to do because there's nothing. There's no other question I'm giving you. Was that the Kingston the... handball game? I think it was. That the play... Is that the one you're about to go on to? No. no. The, the only other one I remember because I was there was we played Plymouth at home. And there was all the fire and stuff and they had an opera singer and all the rest of it, yeah. 13-14. I think it was another one where we lost in the last minutes. I don't remember the score. How, how many years are you going back? This is this? the last one. Since I was going to do Paddington 10. United days. <laughs> yeah. Season 56-57. <laughs> right. Should we move on from this section? Probably best to. Yeah, you want please, to, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. <painful>. Okay, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and let me cut that back up. <laughs> Uh, right, hi. This is the final round. This is a knockout, higher or lower. Um, I'm going to give you festive items from the. Cl- no, they're not that festive. Items from the club shop. Okay. Okay. We clear. I'll give you the the amount after I give you the product. We're going to start with a Santa hat and stocking set for twelve pounds. Okay, twelve pounds okay. sterling. The second item is an Ollie the Ox mascot toy. Higher or lower than £12? Ollie the Ox, mascot toy. Connor, I'm coming to you first. I've got one of these. It's very old. <laughs> Actually, it's very old here's one. the receipt. Tell us your <laughs> yeah. story. It's very, yeah, it's a very old one. So it's, uh, it's been around the block. I've got Olivia go. right here. Oh, yeah. Ollie, Ollie's in the other room, so I can't have Olivia again. Um, I'm going to go... Hurry up. There's lots. Lower. You're going lower than Santa hat and stocking set. Jack. Oh, right, we're all doing this. Higher. Higher. John. Lower. Okay. The answer is Ollie the Ox mascot toy is £20. So Jack has won, and it means I put loads of effort in for no reason because I did loads of products. Jack, I'm going to keep going with you. Let's see how far you can get. I bet Bruce Bruce would do that. 20 quid? Yes. 20. Jesus Christ. I don't think I've got a nice. No, Ollie um, the Ox. I don't have a nice like soundboard <laughs> sound for the victory. What's this? No, no, we can we can all carry on, James. Come on. Oh no, that's the final oh. answer. That'd have been good, wouldn't it? <laughs> we'll come back to that. Right. Um, okay, we've got Ollie the Ox mascot toy. Twenty quid. Yeah, very expensive. The next the one. On this is Callaway driver head cover. A golf driver head cover. Is it higher or lower than twenty quid? Oxford branded. I don't know, is Callaway a good brand? I don't know golf. It's, yeah. Okay, higher then. Higher, correct. £40. We're going from a driver head cover. £40 for a golf cover. Yeah, yeah, that's where we're at. Going from that to an OUFC double duvet set. That's got to be less. That's got to be less than 40 quid. Hang on. No, but it's higher. Yeah, and that's where I'll shut the music off. Fifty quid. I'll finish because I've started. Yeah, fifty quid. Yeah. Yeah. And then we we were going to go from there to a nineteen ninety three away kit mouse mat at nine pounds. 
Jack's quid, yeah. Jack quid. is probably That's made the same price as a home shirt. It was knitted by Sue in the club office. Um, then we but go. Jack, you get to sleep in that. You're not going to sleep in your wake here, are you? He's having a look, isn't he? He doesn't believe 50 me. Quid. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice though. It's got the wavy lines on it. Yeah, you can yeah, like cross the Ford in your sleep. The photo, fo- the photo on the website, they've just screenshotted the badge onto it as well, so it's not even a picture of the actual item. Scandalous. That's good feedback for so um okay sliding gnome a gnome that is in a sliding motion 20 pounds a greg lee mug connor what would you say for that mug with greg lee's face on i don't know if you get these things 14 quid 10 pounds club tie john you're a man of profession 20 15 club tie dog lead jack Oh, Eight, this is the content people knew. Eighteen pounds. Didn't know they needed ten pounds for an Oxford dog lead, and then Tempting. to finish, finish on a high with an environmentally friendly stationary set at what we think. How big is the set? Five, five pounds. <laughs> really good value of all the things. What's in the set? I thought it was important. Uh, in the set, you have a pencil and a. We got time to do this. Right. Yeah. Okay. We're done. Right, we'll be back. When are we going to pod again? Should we pod? I'm I'm actually back after Christmas festivities before New Year, and we'll have played a couple of games. So maybe around then, we'll see. Sounds good. If, if we've got any listeners left, too many pods. Yeah. yeah, we could have we could have a proper end of year roundup. I think it's the end of year quiz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can have another one of these. Yeah, I'll do. I'll do. One Our of listeners these really want to quizzes. Every round. I'm sure everyone really enjoyed that. Yeah, please get involved with uh, comments about the prices of items in the club shop and your festive Oxford players and stuff. And we'll be back um, soon and have a lovely Christmas, Oxford United faithful. Thank you for listening. And um, yeah, we'll see you probably before the new year, or at least you'll hear us. Ta ra. Mm-hmm.